Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. We've got two of my brown brothers on here. One is a closet co-host. One's a co-host. No, I'm just kidding. We got Dan <laughs> Whittington on today with uh, obviously my partner in crime, Frank Peralta. And Dan, I've known you for what five years? No, actually, shoot, it's been like six or seven now. I think. Man, time flies by. And then, how long have you and uh, Tort Life known each other? Probably going. Oh, uh, you know, I think. It's been probably four or five for Frank and me knowing each other. I'm pretty sure. Is that right, Sound Frank? right, Frank? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I met you. Uh, I was trying to sell an AR-15, and yeah, and uh, on rock slide or something, was, and some heroin. <laughs> well, we're from Pueblo. So, well, I'm from Pueblo. Dan lives in Pueblo. He's, he's from Kansas, but um, yeah, I was trying to sell some heroin under the disguise of an AR-15. And of course, of, of <laughs> so, like so of course, Aaron, or uh, of course, Dan wanted to buy it. Um, so now we met on, uh, I think, on Rockslide then. And uh, yeah, that's and he, Dan's actually the reason why Frank's working here. Crazy enough. Yeah. So yeah, basically, uh, Dan and Aaron are friends. Me and Dan became friends. I wanted to work for Kafaru. Dan was kind of, kind of. Uh, was the um, intermediary the intermediary or facilitator of the whole thing and it worked out so yeah pretty much um but and, dan's like a little brother to me sometimes when we go out to yeah. eat or something i'll just say this is my little brother dan <laughs> <laughs> this never this never goes away there's a lot of shit talking with dan uh, and frank i'm not really involved in it anymore i just get to see part of it from time to time yeah, it's pretty funny. It literally never goes away. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, me and... Uh, By the way, your beard game is strong. You still got that thing? Me? No, I, I had to get rid of... Uh, I was trying to go to the end of the year on that beard and uh, ended up having to shave it off to be a little bit more presentable at work, so... Yeah, had to, uh, if Trump saw that shit, you'd be back in freaking Mexico in the southern tip. You look straight varsity with that beard. Frank said I was going to get deported for sure. (laughs) Oh, I don't. That was a solid beard. I don't. I think that helped. I think you shave. I mean, I think you'll stay here or um, look more. um, (laughs) Well, whatever. (laughs) Trying to be good. I don't want Frank's mom to yell at me again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hate you guys. (laughs) So anyway. So we were going to talk about cougar hunting, right? That's only something I know about. <laughs> That's one aspect. That's one aspect. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So, yeah, we, uh, Dan and I went on, uh, well, I mean, we do a lot of hunting together. Um, since we've been friends, we've done a lot of backpacking trips together. But um, today we're going to talk about predator hunting. We went on a predator trip this weekend. Um, it was the opener for bobcat season, but... The weather wasn't quite cooperating. It was a little bit windy. It was super hot in the 70s, so 60s and 70s. So we didn't really have any uh, have any bobcat action, but we had a pretty good weekend of, of coyote calling. So uh, yeah, it was man, it was it was superb. I'm gonna say you're missing your cue there, Dan. You gotta get <laughs> the fucking flow, right? I mean, if you hear a silence and no one else is talking, that usually means we're expecting <laughs> you to chime in. Do we, tr- we need to try that again? This is Dan's first. This is Dan's <laughs> first podcast. 
Well, you're probably looking at porn on your work computer too, aren't you? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> He's pretty good at multitasking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we, uh, Friday we was the opener for Bobcat season. Went to a spot where um, I had called in a few Bobcats before. Uh, got out there and, of course, as it goes a lot of times, the wind was just freaking playing tricks with us and kept swirling back and forth and we couldn't quite get a, a good setup on uh, where we called in some bobcats before but um, there's as a predator hunter there's always a, there's always a few spots where you always go and you can almost say that you're gonna call in a coyote or something for sure and that's where we set up um, towards midday um, I think a lot of what had to do with um, the morning not calling in much was there's been a, a either a full moon or pretty close to a full moon this last this last yeah. week or so. Um, so we, we uh, what we were talking about is we kind of noticed around when when you get those full moons you kind of notice around ten o'clock at ten a.m. or or noon is when they start reacting again to the call. So uh, we went out there and set up the call and sure enough. Uh, two minutes, just about two minutes into the call, a coyote come blazing in, um, to, uh, I think we, we of had course, the, he was, yeah, he, he was straight downwind when he come in. Yeah. Direct. Cause that wind has kind of changed a little bit. And he came in, the first coyote we called in was straight downwind of us. It was horrible. I knew he was going to bust us as soon as I seen him really. Yeah. So we, uh, so I tried to tape it on my, on my cell phone. So I'm like, don't shoot yet. Don't shoot yet. I'm trying to take this on my cell phone. <laughs> Dan's getting ready to shoot. And that thing, they, as soon as it got to about, oh, I don't know, 120 yards or so, it, it didn't even stop. It turned straight back around and went, went away the way it was coming. Uh, Dan took a couple quick shots at it, but, um, that thing was, was running a million miles per hour and, and took by, off. By the way, in my limited predator hunting experience, I have to say there is absolutely zero ethics involved for me. I'm just laying rounds down range. I'm not really waiting for a broadside um, shot. I'm just, uh, you know, shooting for like um, for fur for. Yeah. But just the little bastards are horrible for, um, you know, basically the, the ranchers. They, they're just horrible for that. And then obviously uh, to, total squirrel here. But you guys would get a kick out of this. Right. So. I was reading last night the legality, if we had, and I'm not saying we did, but if we had put the old predator call up on the hood of the truck in a specific spot, if it was legal for photography. Now, right. immediately that ran into a bunch of leaf lickers saying you know, how the coyote species is down right now and that any disturbance yeah. to the coyote species was bad, meaning... Even a photographer shouldn't be using a call because it disturbs the species. And I'm thinking, well, let's see. We left the call on yesterday for about five minutes and what, six came in? Oh, uh, dude, at least I think it's six or seven. And it's not like they were like, oh, they're in a tundra. We better get out of here. They just laid there, <laughs> right, and watched us. There's a, yeah. I mean, little Moose, our dog, that little four-pound uh, teacup Yorkie, we can't that let, let that little pea brain bastard out for more than a couple minutes on his own or he'll get eaten. He'll get swooped up by an owl or a, well, I mean, definitely a coyote, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 for me, I'm just shooting at him and, uh, not too, too worried about it, which I'm not like that with most animals, but with coyotes, I'm just aiming at whatever. Are you guys the same way? Oh, dude. Yeah. We, well, we most, let the lead fly. Most, yeah. Like, 
You're coming in broken up and Hispanic. <laughs> Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they're when they're coming in hard, I kind of like to to try to keep my eye on them and the, the what's coming in and then try to pay attention to see if any more are coming in cuz there's multiple sets where we called in one and then there were others coming in, you know, as well. So, you know, if I got one coming in hard at like 200, 100 yards, I'll let them go ahead and come on in, especially if the wind's right. And then kill them at 50 yards and then, you know, then hit that puff of distress. That puff of distress, is, it, it's, a, it's a sure thing if you have other ones coming in generally. That puff of distress really brings them in, at least in my experience anyways, especially after you shoot one. Yeah. I think uh, one thing that me and Dan have in common is if we, if we call one in right away and whether we shoot it or it runs off or whatever – I like to I like to let the call play for a little bit because pretty often you'll get especially if you're calling in the wide open you'll get more coyotes to come in and that that happened that happened twice to us so on this first set we we called that one in um, it got away we sat there for a while and you know we were both kind of pissed off like damn I can't believe the first coyote we called in got away uh, Dan goes out to grab the call and we got another coyote sitting at about two to three hundred yards out um, in some brush just kind of creeping in pretty slowly and uh it saw dan and it took off so we were like what the yeah. f so um, we were really mad yeah so that's yeah. a good lesson and that's something we generally do and this was kind of like our first trip all year so we're kind of a little rusty but that's something to keep in mind is if you're calling you call one in right away and you don't get it or you do get it um don't be afraid to sit there for a little while and let the call play or, or if you're using a hand call call a little bit and see if anything else will come in because pretty often something else will Will come in. And they especially. can hear you from so far away. You yeah. know, well, it was a Saturday, you know, Friday we mostly called in the prairie, but Saturday we were in the mountains. And I don't know if it takes them a little bit longer to get there in the mountains, you know, because I don't, we called in, I know a couple were at the 20 minute mark. That first one we called in Saturday morning, the first set we did, we called one in and it was at tw the 20 minute mark. Now, I have a lot of coyotes come in at the two minute mark. But there's still always a chance that they're going to come in at the 20-minute mark. And, I mean, I think me and Frank's sets this weekend were all averaged, like 27 to 29 minutes about is about how long we lasted when we were calling. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, the so the first first day we called in that, that one coyote and it got away, and then the other one kind of spotted us when we were picking up the call. We, uh, we ended up going – and talking to one of your buddies who owns a farm, yeah. he gave us permission to go um, back by his kill pile. And he said, you know, one of our neighbors here, he calls coyotes all the time. They're probably going to be call shy. So we set the yeah. call out. Uh, we set the call out probably 50, like, 75 yards out. And two minutes in, that that coyote come walking in. Um, Challenge accepted. Yeah. He said that he thought they'd be call shy. I was like, well, let's, let us let us give this a try. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. But I don't think... I we, I don't think we had a rancher turn us down this weekend. No. You know, yeah. uh, and we did on Friday, besides that one rancher, um, everything was public. And then on Saturday, I think we called some BLM. Uh, we, we called one the last set of the evening. We called one coyote in on BLM, had two blanks on BLM earlier in the day. But every rancher we talked to Saturday let us go without a doubt. Just go ahead and go, you know. <clears throat> yeah so that was kind of cool yeah it definitely it definitely helps um i th i think we uh 
we had pretty good luck on the private land. Public land can be hit or miss sometimes, but if the if the land hasn't been yeah. called before, it's definitely good. Um, but that that farmer's land, that coyote came in. Well, we saw it about two minutes, but it was definitely call shy. But it was it was very curious, and it probably took about ten minutes to cover twenty yeah, two hundred yards. Think, yeah, because I don't think. We didn't kill him until almost the ten minute mark. I seen him at the two minute mark, like stand up out there, a little over three hundred, and then that that coyote just walked in, you know, taking taking a sweet time, anyways. Yeah. And yeah. then Frank put it down. Yep, got that one down on the ground. Saturday morning, it was um, the wind was swirling again. We kind of called this creek bottom. Sat there for quite a while, and uh, about twenty minutes, that that coyote come running down the creek, and it winded us and tried to run up a bank on the opposite side of the creek and and uh oh, that was awesome. yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> tried to run up a, a creek bank and there's a about a, a five foot vertical bank and it, it tried to jump up it and it was fully sprawled out and uh ended up putting one in it when it was trying to jump up it was pretty cool um, i think we had one come in on us there from behind us actually that we heard we were in sage it was like three feet tall and um all we could frank could hear that coyote come in but we never seen it yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so basically we ended up with, with four coyotes over the weekend and one Fox and, um, we're using the Fox pro call. We're using Dan's call. I have a Fox pro fusion, which is a little bit smaller of a call. Dan's got the, uh, the shockwave and we, we had my external speaker that I have, um, with that. And I've listened to a, a few podcasts where a lot of guys say that the Fox pro calls don't work as well as hand calling, but um, I don't know about you, Dan, but in my experience, I, I feel like the Fox Pro is definitely a huge advantage because you can set that thing away from you, um, whether it be upwind or, you know, wherever, and you can set it out 50, 75 yards away from you. That that takes the, the focus off you completely. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That, I, I've had good luck with that Fox Pro. It, it took me a while to invest in the money in it, which, uh, you? you know. No. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right, here we go. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I don't know. I I don't know. Me and Frank both had, uh, we both have Fox Pros. Uh, Frank has that one external speaker, and we used that external speaker all day, I think, pretty much on Saturday to help cut the wind. And we both had the Fox Jack decoy, and both of them quit. Mine quit on Saturday, and Frank's quit last year. I think Frank's was like, because what is it, Frank, a one-year warranty or something like that? Yeah. And yours is like 15 months, and I haven't even tried on mine yet. I, I've only had my Fox Jack decoy for about 11 months now, because I don't think I got it until January last year. And uh, and that my decoy quit working as well. Well, they show low love to the snizzle when I send them a message on Instagram asking for, me, asking for uh, industry pro pricing. They must know I'm a shitty predator hunter. I will say when uh, Frank the Tank had her up on the hood, on top of the cab yesterday and he was playing the wounded rabbit i tried to play this off yeah. like it should not look like a dumb shit I'm, but i didn't know <laughs> he uh, he hit the crow call at the same time yeah. and i'm like yeah. man that fucker's calling in some birds and he's like that's the call dude and i'm like no no i mean the bagpies in front of us you know those they're right there but totally i'm like i mean that sounded realistic when the 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 crow started going off of the raven i was like Man, that thing works, but it was actually the call. Yeah, the uh, both of our calls, both of our calls, we can use two calls at once, and that's another thing with that Fox Pro that I think is, I don't know if it's almost confusing to them or what, but I I regularly use 
two calls at once, like a baby cottontail and uh, and even like a, just a blue jay distress or a woodpecker distress or something like that. And it seems to really work. I'm, I'm on there. Um, you well, know. Oh, go ahead. No, no. And then and then also, you know, I'll, I'll run that. I'll run that puff in distress and then I'll use that crow. Uh, you know, there's there's a handful of different crow sounds. And I'll use that crow, the crow sound along with that puff in distress. And it sounds, it sounds superb. Like, um, that, that's like, it works very well all the time. I'm on their site now. They've got a dead bone, inferno, banshee fusion, and a screaming banshee. It's doubled up. Like they're doubling down. That's got a tail sticking up and two microphones. That's when you really want to rub some funk on it, I guess. Yeah. So we, I have the fusion and Dan has the shockwave. The shockwave is nice. It's a little bit more expensive than the one I have, but it's nice because you can you can move the speakers. They're kind of they're on a on a hinge, and you can move them in certain directions. Um, so that one's super cool. And uh, mine's mine's a little bit more basic and and smaller. But uh, yeah, as, as far as like as far as what Dan's talking about, our call sequence, we we kind of stick to the same stuff. Generally, we'll start off with something um, not so loud, like that baby rabbit distress call. Um, you know, you don't play it too too high just in case something's nearby and then we'll kind of start cranking it up as as time goes on switch it up to like a an adult rabbit in distress and then eventually we'll finish off with something like a a dog in or a a pup in distress call but um yeah that's one of the cool benefits about the fox pro is you can you can play two calls at once and it kind of sounds a little bit chaotic and that's probably what the what the whatever's coming into you know they're just they they hear something struggling and maybe fighting with some birds or whatever fox pro is please fox motion can you hear that fox pitch definitely it fox. definitely seems to work well for me and frank i mean we, i mean i know me and frank pretty much we pretty much run the same sequences all the time like uh as far as what frank's running i know some guys do do howl you know with like a male howl and then a female challenge or something like that and then that pup in distress after they've done like a rabbit distress or something like that. But, uh, you know, me and Frank pretty much both, both use distress sound most of the time. Like, right. Right. And we also, um, you know, the, the Fox pros are, are pretty awesome, but we also have a, a ton of hand calls. I, I think I've talked about the, that Primos cats meow before I, I had, a two or three of those calls from that predator quest guy. I can't remember his last name, but I think his first name is Les. the, uh, roughy dog calls. Those have always worked out great for me. Um, but, um, I just, I think the major benefit of, of having an e-caller is that you get the focus off of you. Um, uh, you know, coyotes are, you know, all the predators, they're looking for movement and they, they see you move just a little bit and they're going to be keyed in on you. And then I think it's called like Primo's catnip, isn't it? Uh, no, mine was called the cat's meow, that hand caller. They have the cat. I think the catnip's oh. like their little squeezer call. I don't know. Maybe they don't make it anymore. They might not. I can't find it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. At, I, I can. For me, is is uh, you know, whatever girly as this sounds, I'd like to use it just for taking, you know, photos right before you blow their heads off. Um, <laughs> just because it's not overly easy to take photos of predators anyway. So using that call yeah. to do it is is huge. Although I could get down with laying some rounds down range at these things. Um, I'd have to actually go buy a gun first. Dan, uh, you've been part uh or in whole of me getting guns and selling them to you or your buddies how many guns did i go through since when i knew you oh geez i don't know that 
you had a 17 Hornet, I believe. I believe it was. We went out a couple times with that. I'm, I'm, I talked to you into going out with me a couple times with that, trying to call. It was like Aaron's ready to shoot something. I don't know. Aaron with a gun in his hand, he's ready. Be careful because he's ready to shoot something all the time with that thing. It's bad. I'll, <laughs> but, I'll be the first uh, to I get, admit. I, I know. I know we, you know, but we were always testing gear. Like, I think when we did that, you know, that one time we went out, it was like, it was in January. We took a TP and we were testing stoves as well. And I think it was like negative 15 degrees when we were out there. Oh, it was colder than a monkey's ass in January. It was bad. I remember that. And then, um, I think we did shoot a fox or a coyote or something. Yeah. That <laughs> raccoon, maybe. I can't, I can't remember. Um, the, uh. Uh, uh, hopefully the statue is up on that. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, right. good. To, and that's the right there. Without going into that, because I don't want to get in trouble. That is right there. Why it's not good for me to have a gun in my hand. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely though. I think I could get into it. I've actually had guys message me, um, you know, just saying, "Dude, you'd love it. You gotta, you gotta try it." And it, it extends the. You know, the season, so to speak, um, you know, because there's not a lot of shit to do in the winter. Um, I definitely would need to bundle up because, uh, as I've mentioned multiple times, I hate getting cold. I'd really like to um, – the bobcat thing would be super cool. Um, you know, I'll see them, you know, bow hunting from time to time. But, um, you know, shooting one or whatever, totally different, a little bit harder to do. Plus, you can't shoot them during archery season, I don't think. But yeah. Uh, problem with those things is they take flipping forever to come in so if you got add or oh, it's yeah, cold out man it's it's hard to to be I, disciplined I think that's why, yeah that's why we were we were running 30 minute sets on everything was trying to call in a bobcat it just never happened for us this weekend but it was 65 70 degrees when me and frank were out on friday i know friday definitely and saturday the wind was blowing so it was a little bit cooler but yeah cats definitely take a while to come in sometimes sometimes i mean you can get a cat to charge in you know but but they 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 definitely take their time they're exactly like what you'd expect a cat to do yeah taking their time coming in and just it's it's just a curiosity thing and they're just they're just a lot slower coming in i mean we we had oh sorry i was just gonna say i was i was telling you guys um either last year or the year before i was out hunting with my buddy zach and He's uh him and his brother. They didn't really ever grow up hunting, so they, all the hunting they ever done is just kind of with me, and so they don't know. But um, he smokes cigarettes, and uh, we're we're calling. I put the caller out. He, he, light, he lights up a cigarette. I'm like, what the, f- dude? What the hell are you doing? Well, he's sitting a little bit. He's sitting like 10, 15 yards away from me. He lights up a cigarette. I, I turn that call on, dude. A fucking uh, bobcat comes running in downwind. He's smoking this cigarette, and the bobcat didn't even give a damn. It comes, it comes in downwind, and it just comes um, barreling in. But that's the only time I've ever seen a, a bobcat come barreling in like that and just not give a shit about the wind. But I figured I'd throw that story were in there because it's funny were as hell. Decoy then? Um, Frank, were you? I had that little uh, Mojo dog decoy. It looks like a little baby Rottweiler. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In regard to in regard to um, those decoys, though, they even though the Fox Pro ones are built like shit, uh, I think they're pretty helpful to have something that that the coyotes can key in on. Because we had a we had a, a coyote come in pretty fast, and once it saw Dan's little Fox Jack Fox Jack decoy. That thing would not stop. We tried to stop it, and Dan ended up shooting it at like yeah. twenty yards, and it rolled right over the call. Yeah. So that was that pretty, pretty cool. Awesome. We called in. Then we called in a double. That was at like the five minute mark, 
And then we called in a, a double come in at like the 10 minute mark that I see. But that decoy, that decoy helps a lot. I don't know. It's just any visual. That coyote there, when that coyote was seeing that decoy, because it was like, we seen that coyote coming from four or 500 yards out. And then it was like, when it was right there at 100, and it was kind of hit or miss when you could see it there. And Frank's like, you want me to stop it? You want me to stop it? And I was like, let it come up here, you know, at the 100 yard mark and we'll stop it. So that coyote seen that decoy at the 100 yard mark and grabbed another gear coming in towards us, you know. And uh, there was no stopping that coyote then. I did shoot it at like 30 yards. That was that was pretty funny. What happened with the fox? Actually, what is your preferred caliber for fox hunting? <laughs> <laughs> preferred caliber. Well, all right. So I, <laughs> so, all right, so here's I what happened. I, I can't. I catch a ton of shit for this, but I do shoot a 17 fireball. Um, and my thing there is the reason we're shooting that, that small caliber is I just, if you have a cat come in, you know, I, I hate shooting like a cat or a good coyote that I do want to skin out and having a, a hole the size of a softball that you could put your fist through. So with that 17 fireball, it's usually one small hole in and that's it. Um, you know, but, uh, that's a, that's the main thing I use. I mean, if it, you know, if it was, if it was all business and I was just out to kill them, then, you know, which is, some people are on coyotes and I'd probably shoot a 25 out six with an 80 grain bullet or something like that, you know, cause there's, <laughs> there isn't anything that gets away from that, you know, as far as coyotes go. I tell you, uh, Bart Lancaster, I was supposed to go up there with a lynx hunt, yeah. on a lynx hunt with him. Right. And he just told, he said, dude, you got to shoot field tips. And I was like, oh, okay. And I yeah. knew immediately what he, why, but he was like, look, you just, these guys shoot these broadheads, just cuts them in half. He's like, you know, it's up in a tree. It'll die fairly quickly. He's like, you probably just want to shoot a field tip. And, um, so you don't leave a giant hole in them, which made, you know, made sense. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess, that's, I guess that's my thing is that I just, I hate getting like a really pretty cat or something like that and having a a hole you could put your fist in or something in it, you know. Well, how'd that but fox? Frank, you're what? How'd that fox rug turn out? That fox come turn out? Yeah, the, that, the Frank said that wasn't internet friendly. <laughs> <laughs> the old fox went back to his home, and uh, they're gonna track yeah, him down we, next weekend. Yeah, we were looking for him. We were trying to listen for him. Ow! Yeah. Ow! Ow! I got shot in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes, yeah, sometimes them smaller calibers don't don't turn out. But I've I've seen Dan shoot a few cows with that seventeen um, under a hundred yards, and it it puts them down. Um, but yeah, I kind of posted something on Instagram the other day to see what other people are using. There's just a m- billion calibers out there that people like. Um, I've had great luck shooting those seventy-seven grain um, hollow point boat tail or boat tail hollow points from Nosler. Um, it's it is it's not really a hunting bullet; it's a match bullet, but um, either they don't exit or if they do exit, it's a super small hole, um, from what, from what I've had. So, um, you know, if I, if I do shoot a bobcat, it's not going to be a, a major hole that needs to be patched or, you know, it's not going to leave a, just a, a monster gash in it. So I've had great luck with that. Some people like using, uh, all kinds of shit. And like we were talking about, um, Jesus, my phone's going crazy over here. Um, yeah, I mean, like Dan's talking about, you can use whatever you want. Coyote hunting is something that you don't need all this technical gear. You know, you can go out with a with a hand call and your your deer rifle, and you can go go kill coyotes if you don't really care about. Oh yeah, uh, without a doubt. If you don't really care about the uh, the hide and stuff, so 
Uh, you don't, yeah, you don't need all the top line gear. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, a lot of people like using shotguns. I've shot a few with a shotgun. It's super fun. Uh, I was actually thinking about getting a, an auto loading shotgun, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's, there's a, there's a ton of stuff that you can use out there. I think one thing that's important to have is either a pair of shooting sticks or a, a, a tall bipod having a rock solid, um, rest when you're shooting these, whatever, you know, it, it definitely helps out a lot. <sighs> yes, without a doubt, without a doubt that, uh, shooting sticks. I mean, I used a different, a couple different pairs this weekend. And, uh, what was that, that eat that, that, do they even sell that anymore that you had, Frank? That's a really old set, isn't it? No. Yeah. Isaac gave me those, uh, Easton shooting sticks. They're cool. They're kind of oh, like yeah. tent poles. They have that, um, I don't know what kind of wire it is on the inside. It's a, it's a super heavy duty wire and it's just like a tent pole and they break down. They're badass. I wish they'd still make them, but I mean, I got a set now, so I don't really care if they'd make them or not. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, those, those worked out pretty cool. They're super lightweight. Hey, Ron, got anything to add? Yeah. <laughs> you guys got to work yeah, on your they skills. Worked out, <laughs> they worked out better than what, uh, better than what I was using. I think I had that really cheap set and, that did you set, make those? That Easton set worked out well. Did you make those shooting sticks yet? <clears throat> did I make those shooting sticks? No, I bought that. I think it's like, what is it? Hunter Specialties or something like that. That, oh, pair, gotcha. that set of shooting sticks that I was using. That's funny. That's funny. Well, um, how, how long have we been going on this one here for? We've been going 32 minutes. You guys got to rub some funk on it. Do you want me to ad-lib here? What do you got? What do you got? Well, I mean, since we've known all known each other for you know a while so dan uh recently we did the common law uh podcast yeah. did you listen to that i i heard that one yeah i i heard that one so dan actually i lived with dan for a few days during <laughs> the yeah. first breakup with that specific woman uh and you didn't live you only live like five minutes from me um, yeah, yeah, we were close. Uh, I think you stayed with me for a week or so until you found a new place to live there. <laughs> I did. I did. And I moved into a better place. And then um, you, because uh, we, we all went, we went backpacking a few different times. Um, me and I have to say now my ex-wife and uh, Ashley, your wife. And yeah. you've, yep. You've, yep. you've got two little Ridland sniffers. Uh, don't you got one on the way? I, uh, yeah, he's got a little girl on the way along now. So now we don't know if it's a little girl yet. Well, I guess we'll find out on, uh, this coming Monday, what we're going to have, uh, babies due in April. So, uh, I guess my kid, my, my other, my boy is ready to be a big brother. So, um, yeah, but, uh, Aaron did stay with me for a few weeks there on the first big breakup, um, showed up at my place and, uh, stayed in the extra room for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Until we got things figured out, anyways. Yeah, that was a, that was a trying time. I had to uh, find a new place quickly, um, and it's funny how that works because at that I you know at that time I didn't have like uh, I, you know I basically came home and my shit was on the porch um, more or less. I didn't have that option. I'm not sure how that works with a man woman dy- dynamic in the real world. How um, they can do that but when you do then the police come it's kind of weird um not to say that happened but uh it was it was unique but you helped uh with some when i was doing that outdoor life live hunt program we did a bunch of videos and crap um oh yeah Yeah. at that time and then 
Yeah, like three years later, you're like, hey, you should hire this kid. And and Frank wouldn't say shit if his mouth was full of it. So I'm on the phone with him. He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like a, a job. And I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. That worked and, out well. It was, just, it was just a timing thing there, you know. I'd, I'd talk to you all the time, and you said you needed somebody for customer support. And Frank at the time had just needed a job. I don't know if it was clear whether or not he was going to lose his job or not yet. But, it, but yeah, I kind of played the middleman there and got you guys hooked up. So that worked out well. They were restructuring. Yeah, yeah. Where were you working, Frank? Uh, I was working for this... Uh, um, it was like this, like accounts payable or something, or accounts receivable, some some sort of shitty desk job that sucked balls. I believe you have my stapler. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like that guy on that movie. Uh, what's that one where they curve the bullets and shit? Wanted, wanted, yeah, yeah. You remember when he's in the office? He's bending about to fucking lose it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was me. So, uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, it definitely worked out. And it's not like that anymore, is it? No, no, it's awesome here. But yeah, he's man. only saying that because I'm in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you get paid to go hunting now, and you have more gear. Let me tell you the amount of shit stacked up in my house. Um, there's more gear than who'd have thought it. Uh, it looks like you've walked into. I can't say Cabela's because we actually have really good gear, and Cabela's doesn't always. <laughs> but it looks like a mix between a mountaineering store and an optics showroom. Um, Oh, it's been like that for 10 years now. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it was like that like six years ago anyways. Yeah, there's <clears throat> constantly stuff showing up for me to, to try out. And now, obviously, Frank gets to uh, deal or deal with that. How many? What do you think? We got probably 12 sets of binoculars and six spotting scopes? Jesus, I don't know. Yesterday, I looked in your in your dash, and there was like three sets of binos in there. I'm like, what the F? I got, well, I'm holding three right now. I've been testing... Uh, yeah. You know, basically from that eight hundred to a thousand dollar price range on up to the you know the the high end Euro glass. So we've got uh, everything from uh, Leica, Swaro, Zeiss, Maven, uh, Vortex, Nikon. Is that all we got? I think that's Jeez. all we know. And a loophole and loophole mm-hmm. at the house. So um, yeah, it's like a kid's playground. Although no kids really gonna play at my house. Um, Frank's probably gonna get fat though from Amy's cooking. Did he tell you that? She makes him dinner every oh, night. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he said. He said. Yeah, he said that uh, she cooks all the time. Yeah, she cooks like a which champ. Is better, which is better for him because Frank would just eat fried bologna, the Mexican steak, all the time, probably. <laughs> well, she's if, uh, <laughs> if he was still living by himself. She's like some better apartment. She likes she to please people, right? She likes to cook what you want. And Frank and I are both like retarded sitting there. Would you guys like this? Yeah, whatever. And it, it almost to a point it irritates her because we just don't care. Uh, both of he and I just eat yeah. whatever. I mean, this week she's gone, so we're going to be eating a lot of boiled eggs. But uh, she'd be like, Frank, do you want this? Uh, sure, whatever. Oh, hey, hun, I was going to make this for dinner. Yeah, we don't care. And, and you can see she's like, God damn it. Yeah, make up your mind. Tell, <laughs> yeah. tell me something. Well, dude, I was eating like fucking eggs every night just because I'm a lazy bastard. I'll cook up some eggs and that's about it so i literally i'll eat whatever yeah that's how frank lays down the cover saying when you're calling (laughs) yeah yeah were you dropping bombs this weekend oh dude dan dan's always dropping bombs i don't know what this mofo's talking about shit we'll be playing the call the call will be quiet and then all of a sudden i'll hear (laughs) (laughs) we went on a goat hunt together and you had some stuff stomach because normally you walk up a storm and your ass was dragging and uh 
I can't remember what you had like two candy bars and something that morning. Remember? Oh yeah, because we just got out and took off. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't eat anything. I think I ate a Snickers before we took off. Is all. Yeah. But that was a that was that was a bad deal that day. Yeah, it looks like it, I remember because you were like, "Good Lord, man, my my fucking stomach is killing me." <laughs> and we climbed up oh, straight up the mountain for two hours to get up to the top of this thing. And it's not like distance was bad; it was just a two thousand foot straight up climb. Yeah, and it was it was ridiculous wind that morning when we started, and colder than hell. Oh, it yeah, was, it was uh, that was an interesting day. Yeah, it was. It was. It was cold. fun though. It was fun though. We did end up finding goats eventually. Were you towards were you, the latter part of the day? Were you there? Was that when that Nikon scope got? Would that dude fell? And uh, we I were, have never seen a dent in a rifle scope like I did that day. That that rifle scope had a dent like the size of a nickel in the bell of it. And uh, I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> well, re- remember, I took off. You you and another dude stayed yeah. back to glass it. I took across that boulder field with the other guy. And I looked. We got across the boulder field and looked back. And our buddy was on, like, the third boulder. Remember he had boulder fielditis or a phobia? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Lo- he looked like he was on stilts walking across that thing. So I ran back across, <laughs> grabbed the gun, ran back over. And uh, remember, he shot, and it was like three feet high and six feet right. And I'm like, aim three feet low and six feet left. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not the most ethical thing to do. I think he shot. He shot all of his shells that day. Yeah, we ran out of rounds. Yeah, yeah, we ran out of shells, and the goats were still up there. Well, and these goats were screwed. They were cliffed out. They couldn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. He had a nanny only tag, and it was like a twelve-year-old, you know, ten-plus-inch nanny. I mean, it was it was an old. I mean, uh, actually, I get people give me crap like I make the rules in Colorado why we have nanny only tags, but obviously we have a lot of nannies, and uh, you know that was the one we'd wanted that I had seen before that I knew was probably going to die pretty soon and was just old and and uh, crazy long and. Yeah, we we fired. We we just gave her. I mean, we we gave her all we had, and and that was all the rounds we that had. Was all had the ammo. Back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we gave her all we had until the rounds were gone. Anyway, and then I you're like, you're like, op them, ammo, uh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, yeah, it was one of those things too. Where, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, me, I'm um, you know, basically watching where it hits. And it, it's hitting different every time. Well, he he fell so hard on the scope, it detached this reticle, I guess. It was bouncing around inside. Um, and then I went up with her with him the next day, and we got one or maybe two days later. Uh, same route, which climbing that freaking face is shitty. Um, it's like the Tower Trail times four. It's steeper than hell. Um, I mean, yeah. if you pace yourself, it's not bad, but we've, we've killed a bunch of goats in there. In fact, Ryan... Um, can't remember his last name, but he's a Kafaru guy. Ryan and Justin Davis and I went in there, and um, Ryan got one in there. A as year well. later, right? Was it just a year later? Yep, yep. Or maybe year two later. years later? <clears throat> Something like that. I've been in there on probably eight, nine goat hunts. <clears throat> um, and then I, uh, yeah, when we went in, he forgot his headlamp. We had to cross that boulder field. You can imagine how that was. I just gave him my headlamp, and, and, and uh, I got away from him, and, uh, you know, gave it like 15 minutes to get away from the headlamp so my, my eyes would acclimate to the dark. 
I get like halfway through, he keeps shining the light in my eyes from behind me. I'm like, dude, you're killing my night vision here. Like we, we got yeah. out. It was, it was cold. I mean, that was a fourth season hunt at what well, we were up around 13,000 feet is where that, that hunts at. So it's cold. I remember that, like you said, that first time the wind was blowing, I bet it was negative 20 with the wind chill. It was just horrible. Oh yeah. Aaron had the giant freaking gloves on the, I think they're, what are they? OR gloves or something like that. Yeah. Those they're are my, like huge. Ice, oh yeah, they're ice climbing gloves, and I had hot hands and nose. Um, it it was uh, it was bad, I, and I don't like being cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you would have liked predator hunting this weekend, but yeah, generally it, it is pretty cold. Yeah, it was pretty easy this weekend. It was like, I mean, all we had to use this weekend was two long sleeve shirts. I think is all I wore all weekend. Yeah, it wasn't bad it was at all. Not it was it wasn't cold at all. Yep, but there's been. I, don't, I, don't, I, I never think, put on a pair of gloves this weekend. Either. I was wearing the uh, Tactic Cool Cryptek gloves with the reinforced, with the reinforced um, knuckles. And Dan's like, what, "What do you think? What do you think you are? are you do you even operate, bro?" I'm like, "I like using these things. I like using these things so I don't get splitters in my splitters in my uh, in my hands." That's funny. So yeah, I, we've talked about this before where I was trying to teach Frank martial arts to defend himself. That was Dan. I was trying to teach him how to beat up Dan because you guys, we, uh, oh, yeah. we went on a, we went on a scouting trip like two or three years ago for mule deer <laughs> and, uh, good Lord, me and Dan were rolling around on the fucking ground at like 13,000 feet. I think we both ended up like with bruises on our, yeah, we ended up with bruises on our foreheads and shit. Uh, yeah, we had a good time. No, I think we we ended up in a draw. I got Dan once, he got me once, and then we ended up just giving up at the end because we were we were up on this peak rolling around, and uh, I think we just yeah we were tired, but it was it was funny. Clinton, you know, Clinton was with us. He's, he's like he's like you guys you guys should probably stop. You guys are going to start actually fighting, but uh, yeah. I don't know. We had a good time though. That that weekend was a good uh, weekend to scout for sure. I don't know how many miles we did that one. You can, what was it, like two and a half days? And we we're 20 miles or so of scouting or something like that, I think. Yeah. Because we, we, we definitely covered some ground that weekend. Covered a bunch of ground, turned up a ton of bucks. Um, I think that last spot where we camped, I ended up killing a, a deer, I don't know, not maybe a quarter mile from, from there. And I think Dan Barehand caught a fucking grouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> was it a grouse or a ptarmigan? Uh, well, whichever I one is a, more I legal. I think it was a ptarmigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a ptarmigan. <laughs> I laid out and grabbed that ptarmigan, and it was like, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, he grabbed it. I think I got it was, by the foot. And it was fine, too. We let it go because we were like, damn. I let it go, yeah. Yeah, we were like, we kind of feel bad for this little guy. And then we like thought about eating him for a while, and we're like, yeah, whatever. We'll just There wasn't any wood to cook him up, and we were just like, yeah, we'll just let him go. So... Well, that was mighty nice of you guys. That was nice. The uh, that's uh, funny. We, yeah, consider it. Yeah, just caught him and held onto him for a few minutes and let him go. <laughs> just to show him we could <laughs> talk to him, let him know yeah. everything's. We okay. were using our Native American skills. Yeah, me and Dan have. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah we've gone hunting. We've done a couple elk hunts. Um, we go go to Kansas here every year now for for turkeys and shit, and it's it's been fun. I remember I posted something on Instagram with these two Native Americans that killed turkeys, and it, I posted something like, Dan and I are going to do this tomorrow, and some fucking hater was like, "You, I bet you guys don't do that shit. And uh, we ended up doubling up on turkeys this year. And then I was like, I tagged the dude, and I'm like, how about that, a-hole? And uh, <laughs> he never responded. But yeah, no, we, we usually we usually have a, a great time hunting, and 
How was, I mean, Dan, in your eyes, how was Frank's first trad hunting experience for turkeys? That was with you, I believe. <laughs> oh, dude. I called one in. I called one in immediately, like the first place we went to, to like 10 yards. And Frank missed that thing by like three feet. I don't know if he <laughs> short stroked it or what happened. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was fun hunting with Frank that year, definitely <laughs> on the trad on the trad setup, anyways. And that day, I think, you up, I think you ended up using a shotgun the last day of the season. Yeah, the I last... think you borrowed my dad's shotgun the last day of the season to fill your tags. Yeah, I, I doubled up on the last day, but that first day, I decided that trad hunting was it's just uh, it's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trad hunting thing. Can yeah, be because I exercise and I ended up killing that bird after Frank missed him because I shotgunned him. And then, well, we called in, we went another half mile down the river and called in another, I don't know, five or six come running in. Dude, they I'm, come in from a couple hundred yards. We seen them and got on them and they, they finally ended up committing and coming into us. I probably and missed Frank like, was letting their, I probably missed like four or five turkeys that whole fly. fucking weekend. And I was like, good Lord, why does Aaron <laughs> make this look so easy? Uh, God, I guess turkeys are pretty, are like a kind of like a pinnacle animal for trad hunters maybe maybe not i don't know i've heard they're pretty hard for a trad shooter but maybe i'm just making excuses uh that's funny i don't i don't know i i managed to kill one with my um uh trad bow a turkey but it it took a few there was some i mean it wasn't like the turkey came in and i shot it i mean i had missed a few before i killed that one so um it is a little difficult with the the trad bow but it's uh you, you feel you definitely feel more uh, achievement once you have taken the animal with the trad bow. You may want to snap it over your knee a few times. But, yeah, I remember Frank came back, and I think the bow got sold, and the arrows uh, were given away shortly after <laughs> his return. Yeah. Yeah, didn't work out I, at all. I, he might have even ground-tuned that bow on, like, that, that set of five that come in. I'm not sure. I'm sure there was a because, fair amount of ground tuning. Uh, I, remember, I remember when he missed those, and he was like, he was like yeah, I remember, just kind of like throwing his hands up in the air, you know? Yeah, uh, that's what, yeah, he told me about it when he got back. But I think the key is you just got to throw on like three or four arrows on the string at one time and just let them Just fly. give her. Yeah, like a shotgun arrow type thing. Just give her. Just send it. Just yeah. give her. So anyway, yeah, before we go, I got to say though, when you got a hunting partner, you gotta have a you gotta have a an anthem, and we we came up with the uh, the gunslinger song from uh, Shooter Jennings this weekend. So whenever you see hashtag gunslinger, that's why that's a that's a pretty cool song. Have, so have you forgotten the face of your fathers? <laughs> no, Shooter Jennings. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm being sure. I'm being a smartass. Um, <laughs> I just was thinking of you and uh, Dan back to back praying as turkeys come in or, or uh, I do not aim with my hand. Those who aim with their hand have forgotten the face of their fathers. <laughs> That's funny. You haven't seen that movie, have you? Which one is that? The Tower. The Tower? Oh, yeah. With uh, the, I don't believe so. With uh, Christian Bale or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. All right. Well, you get the joke. I've never been able to keep up with, I've never been able to keep up with Aaron on movies. Good Lord. I know. He's got a library of them. Oh man, yeah. you ain't kidding. Yeah, um, most yeah. of them. Most of them are porns, though. So no, that's not true. <laughs> a whole lot, lot of lot, there's a lot of Clint Eastwood movies in there. Damn it! On that note, we should wrap it up before we start talking about Frank's side jobs. Um, <laughs> Lord, was well, good. It was good having you on, though, Dan. 
All right, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. It was uh, it was fun. I think me and Frank might be hunting this weekend together. Might be doing some predator hunting again this weekend, and we're lined up. I mean, now season's just starting for us, so it's time to just a give lot her. of hunting left to go for us as far as predators go, for sure. Hell yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on, and we'll definitely have to have you on again. Um, and uh, tell Ashley I said hello and stay out of trouble. Try not to have a third kid. That'll really end your hunting career. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get that fixed. There, there's, a, there's a way around that one. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, man. We'll take it easy. All right, Dan. See you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Take it easy.